0: Welcome to Speak Sex, I'm your host Eve Eurydice, I'm Greek from the island of Lesbos where the lesbians come from, Uh, I'm a writer, I've written books on sex, um, the Sex Files column in many magazines, I'm a multimedia artist with the same theme, female sexuality, and I started this podcast Speak Sex Um, because of uh, this big need I see in the world around me as a woman, as a mother, as a lover, as a sexual being, um, to to, to find a, a source of education and also freedom and a voice and articulation for our sexual needs and our sexual lives, which have been kept secret and silenced for all kinds of ill-advised reasons that I'm not gonna go into right now. Um, So speaking sex is specifically the quest to simplify the language of sexuality, both between lovers and also on a daily basis, among friends, in family, um, and to make up for the complete lack of any sort of like formal education when it comes to sex in our lives um i am just you know fascinated and saddened and and um torn by the fact that we spend what 12 years 18 years learning um you know Numbers and scales and measuring and um, multiplication and language and grammar and how to sit properly and hold the fork and the knife properly and drive on which side of the street and all these other ways that are supposed to make it easier for us to be with each other, to homogenize us enough and allow us a way to translate wh- who we are and what we feel to each other. And yet we never learn the most important part of it all which is how to be sexual and how to um you know find pleasure in the procreation and the engagement of the species so this is what this podcast is um attempting to to make up for and correct uh today's guest is um a fellow writer um who's based in London and she is a sex expert by default <laughs> 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 through her writing work and now also her um, work um, for women's uh, issues. She'll discuss it all for us. Um, her name is Shannon Lehman, and I'm very happy to have her today. Welcome. Thank you. So, um, Shannon, you have taken um, all kinds of educational classes (laughs) Mm, which kind of like you know proves me wrong because they are out there Mm. um recent more recently in you know as a grown-up um when it comes to you know understanding sexuality and how to go about it both physically and I guess um mechanically Mm. and also
1: maybe verbally emotionally Mm. probably Mm. more than anything Mm -hmm. so I started writing on um, cosmetic surgery, specifically, 25 years ago. And I slowly or quickly, I don't know, it depends on point of view, uh, became this expert on this area of beauty by going to conferences, being in surgery, just being really open to something that in England nobody was talking about, um, enhancements or changes physically, a lot of shame regarding that at the time Mm -hmm. and whisper nudge nudge Mm -hmm. and then 9-11 happened and nobody wanted to hear about boob jobs and facelifts and nose jobs and and such so I was sort of my writing career just dried up and then I thought what you know the world's changing maybe we want to hear more about intimacy so I went to my editor and I suggested that and she said oh my god well we'll take anything that you can give us. On that. And intimacy then led to sex and intimacy sort of all wound up trying to figure out how the two intertwined. And so I started taking courses uh, online, in person, on the phone, uh, anything I could get. And and that's how that journey started. Um, and it was an easy sell uh, because the world had changed really in the space of one morning mm-hmm. about what it wanted to hear and experience from this ridiculous facade thing that I wrote about and I, I am uh, an expert on to you know internalizing
0: how we felt about each other and um, so that that's basically how it started. That's very interesting yeah the connection to 9-11 is very interesting you know yeah. that moment of reckoning and um, yeah well there's certain the moments I think that we
1: all remember where we were the Kennedy depending on your age Princess Diana 9-11 mm-hmm. I don't know for anyone else you know mm-hmm. listening right now, what you, what a seminal moment was mm-hmm. um and it was an opportunity to change and talk about something
0: you know a little deeper, oh yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. yeah. for me, I had never stitched before, and um I was right there and and i was I had been an artist before that, and I always looked down on embroidery as like women 's busy work mm. that I did as a little girl with my mom and my grandma on the porch. Um, and then 9-11 happened, and I was just immobilized. There was nothing I could focus on. I was so shocked. <laughs> you know, all my definitions shifted. Um, so the only thing that calmed me down was, uh, you know, looking to embroider again. Wow. And then it changed my career. You know, I became like a fiber artist for wow. almost 15 that years. It has exactly the opposite effect <laughs>
1: on <of> me, stitching <laughs> because I feel like perfectionist when I'm... You know, and I worry about the holes, and that's probably, you know, part of my issue, ever, you know, all worrying about the faults as opposed to loving them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's, you know, several women that are listening right now were Catholics. And I, I whilst I love parts of my religion, it really, it was, you know, fought a uh, lot of the shame that came with that. So my personal journey... Uh, was about dealing with that, with um, the shame that, mm-hmm. that uh, I experienced, you know, through, mm-hmm. from childhood.
0: Yeah, the original scene. Mm.
2: Yeah, that we <laughs> had narrative. That narrative. <laughs> God, and 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 you.
1: I was speaking to someone coming in about whether you know how if we assimilated that from our parents or you know from the nuns or I don't know what it is, but it's a constant battle me and if I have passed that on to my children anyway so so this writing thing started with a woman that you probably know Mama Gina do you know Mama Gina in New York oh wow so this is the next person you need to speak to uh, <laughs> she's got a school called the School of Womanly Arts and she sees now thousands of people at a time but when I saw her first in New York in her brownstone which was a Pussy Palace You'd go through the hallway, and it was all painted dark red. It was just sort of all supposed to be a vagina you were entering. And she did a, a, a whole lot of different classes, and I did them all. I mm-hmm. uh, did them with my husband, without my husband, mm-hmm. as a courtesan uh, a, a, online on the phones. We did a lot of phone sex, and it opened up a whole new chapter in my life, mm-hmm. Mama Gina. And you can Google her now. She's a uh, she's a force, then <laughs> um, mm, she just. Self taught, and um, yeah, so that was the start for me of writing about orgasms and even just kissing and having my first experience of kissing another woman in front of a group of people. Um, and I did a lot of that with my husband. Um, so it was, a, it was a real shift in our marriage. And, and then writing about it, you know, and f- with my children being able to read, I ended up writing under a pseudonym. Because, of course, the shame, again, you know, that your kids would have that you are exactly. exposing yourself. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I stopped. Um, I was a sex writer in, mm. in New York. That's, uh, that's how I made my living. I published three books, including with Scribner, about sex. And then I became a mom. And by the first two, three years, uh, she came with me to the editorial meetings. And, you know, I, I thought nothing would change. And then she went to pre-K in kindergarten. And, and I... Realized that I had to stop for her sake, yeah. because of I couldn't tell people what I was doing, and there was definitely that whole social judgment and shame mm-hmm. and and an embarrassment that even though I personally didn't feel, uh, you know, having lived in the West Village for decades, I had no consciousness of that, and even you know in Miami Beach. Uh, I, it was very free. But once I entered the world of other moms mm. and parents mm. and teachers mm. and PTA... Yeah, what do you um, do? <laughs> <laughs> I I had no uh, appropriate language for it. Mm. And I definitely did not want to put my daughter in a position where she feels embarrassed yeah. and humiliated or kids make fun of her. Um, but yeah, it it is kind of... I- when you l- look at it from the point of view of logic... It's just inconceivable that we approach sexuality, which is one of the very few things we all have in common everywhere in the world, throughout all cultures, and which we need, you know, and, and we need to, for the species to go on, we need for us to be healthy and stable, and we approach that as something so negative and mm. dirty. I mean, it's just... Mm. Uh, not it extraordinary? The, the amount of brainwashing involved...
1: Well, interesting, when I look back uh, about my shame, uh, I used to put a pillow over my head mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, during certain acts mm-hmm. because I didn't want that scene, mm-hmm. that pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's, that's I haven't thought about that in a long time, that I did that and, you know, why? When I was in my late teens, I was doing that, you know. So where did that behavior come from? But my son was at boarding school when I started this, and he wouldn't tell any of his friends that his mom was doing that. And then, of course, he couldn't help himself. And then, of course, I realized that all these boys are probably wanking. (laughs) So so it's a bit of pride in that and a bit of horror, I suppose. (laughs) Um, And then I became very open with them. And I felt really privileged that Particularly, my daughter came to me and asked me everything: how to give a blowjob, uh, what everything. My son asked me what an orgasm felt like, which I told him it felt like a really, really good sneeze, because <laughs> 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 I thought he could relate to that. Um, and so they became more open. And I had a lot of literature in the house, a lot of books that you know suddenly would disappear, and I realized all the teenagers were taking it and thumbing it. Um, so, so th- a very open household. Yeah. And yet, yeah. still, yeah. perhaps my son, you know, later when he was, you know, a little older, didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. And my daughter, though, still is really open mm-hmm.
0: with me, which I love. I felt privileged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, it is a real need. I yeah. mean, they don't all have the words for it, mm. but definitely there is a need where they get to the age where they're hormonally motivated mm. and they have no idea what to do. Misinformation. And they, yeah. <laughs> and then they just ask each other and yeah. they get their information from like slightly older siblings. Mm. And, you know, it's just sad that what we call se- sex education is basically how not to get a disease. Mm. I mean, can you even What imagine? was your
1: sex education?
0: Well, I didn't have one because I went to school in Greece and oh, that was... there was nothing. Uh, I was in an old girl's school with like yeah. religious... <laughs>
2: schooling i'm gonna jump in and just yeah. tell you a funny little story um i found out about sex from Marsha goodfellow in Shout a dark clo- <laughs> no, she's <laughs> probably not around anymore in a dark closet in a very kind of sneaky secretive way it was very how odd. old were you um i'm wondering if i'd gotten my period yet Maybe not, but my mother never told me anything about sex.
1: Well, we went to school together, Mm -hmm. my friend here, Star, Mm -hmm. and uh, one of our classmates, Ingrid Lamar. Her father came; he was Dr. Lamar. Came and gave us sex ed six weeks, one day a week, Mm -hmm. and as. All I remember about it, because obviously it wasn't sinking in, is the last day. <laughs> oh, this just makes my skin crawl. The last day, I put up my sat, my little hand, cl- plucked up the courage, and I said to Dr. Lamar, Dr. Lamar, Dr. Lamar, I understand what the hole in the front is, and I understand what the hole in the back is, but what's that hole in the middle? Mm. I just did not get that the vagina, I didn't get what it was. I just, at uh, six weeks, and I still wasn't, I thought babies came out through your urethra,
0: mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, I me too. Oh, me too, for I said, okay. Yeah, <laughs> me dying. too. And then I went home Thank to you. my mother. You know, I had written a book about the vagina with the word vagina in every sentence. Uh. It got published in England by Virago. I went home to my mom, and she said, no, there are only there are only two holes, honey. You're wrong. It's just the urethra and the butthole. That's what I thought. I couldn't figure out what that thing in I'm the like, middle mom, was. No, no, no. <laughs> How did I get
1: here? How did
2: I get here, <laughs> that Mom? amazing.
0: It's not the same passage. But was your mom awake
2: when she had you? <laughs> no notably mine wasn't either she was knocked out (laughs) was she awake when you were conceived
0: yeah not either no (laughs) you know i think she was out of body to be honest i mean she's the daughter of a priest her father chose her husband she was a virgin she was 18 you know, she wasn't even clear about what the penis was or what it looked yeah. like or what yeah. its job was. No one had told her anything yeah. and she was terrified. So I think she just kind of like said her prayers and went out of body yeah. and let things happen. And I was wow. conceived like within the first week. Um, I don't think she, wow. she knew anything.
2: It's a little heartbreaking. Huh? Yeah,
0: it is. And she only n- has known my dad her whole life and that's it. How does she feel about, sorry, I really want to know about you now. How does she feel about your books
1: and your (laughs) writing?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, they're so good. That generation, and maybe we are too, I don't know, but that generation that's more uh, controlled by religion Mm. are very good at dissociating. So she's very, you know, she excels at it. Uh, You know, she's like, I'm so proud of you. I love your work, Um, you know she would come to like my art show openings and she would see like a big vagina stitched, and she'd be like that's my favorite piece it reminds me of like a spider web she did not have a concept at all that this was a, a pussy it just didn't register she you know were they titled so she's a perfect example okay. <laughs> of like the dichotomy yeah, yeah. no they, she doesn't speak english uh, uh, uh. so it's you know she never had to read the books um because i Okay, I must admit, I did not allow them to be translated in Greek. Right. Because? So they've been translated in many other languages, but Why? I was just like, no to the Greek. Why? To spare my parents. There you and go. the family. There you go. That's <laughs> it. A little bit of shame. people find yeah. them, in them and calling my mom and dad yeah. and saying, oh my God. Your daughter's writing porn. Yeah.
2: yeah. What is this thing about the vagina? Yeah. <laughs> you protected them. I think that's lovely.
0: Yeah, I did protect them. Yeah. Do you Yeah, protect, yeah
1: or yourself. I mean, honestly, yeah, well, I think everything's you know, them. about us. I didn't Maybe. really. Nah.
2: Really? Yeah,
0: because I don't live there. Yeah. So, I, you know, I would have gone right. for a summer visit, and I really don't care what don't their care. friends No. Well, I did protect them. Yeah, that's, that's definitely accurate. Oh, you're good. I used to say and it I did to not try to um, proselytize them. You know, I don't believe in change in people, so that, that too.
1: don't believe in change in people?
0: Mm-mm. Wow. Uh-uh. I, I do.
1: don't. I do. <laughs> I think we become a greater example of what we are as we grow older, but I, I do. I do because I've seen transformation in myself. I'm oh you, yeah, me yeah. too.
0: Me too. I believe in our own self change. Oh. I just don't, you know, like to take it upon myself right. to change another. That's yeah, I'd absolutely believe that. They have I'd, to yeah. be ready. They have yeah. to want. You know, yeah, somebody exactly. Wants to
2: know absolutely, it's that's not your job or yes, responsibility.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah, I've lived with a, a lot of alcoholics, uh, and I love myself an alcoholic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's <laughs> true, ladies and gentlemen. It's so, a great short story. Oh later. my god, or maybe novel. <laughs> I, I might too. Yeah, actually. they're fun until they're not fun. Yeah, um, exactly. But but I don't feel responsible to change any of them. Exactly. It's not my story. Yeah. It's not my story, you mm-hmm. know. But it, obviously my story to find one. Mm-hmm. I grew up with one. So they say that if you're the child of some an addict or an alcoholic, whatever the story is, that because you're being held by that person, that smell becomes mother's milk. Wow. And so you recognize it. You smell it in a potential mm-hmm. mate and then that's mm-hmm. home.
0: Yeah you oh i hear that you know yeah it's very it's clearly very edible yeah you smell that kind of like manly sweat mixed with scotch or it is a particular
1: love oh my god yeah Yeah, that's home for me so yeah and but i don't feel responsible
0: for it right um yeah i agree and i also just you know resent the whole missionary approach Uh, You know, again, that starts from Christianity. (laughs) So I want to make sure that I don't in any way practice that, you know, that I don't take it upon myself to say, okay, what Uh, I think is right and you're wrong, so you have to change and, and, you know, and and practice what I think is best for you. I stay away from that judgment. Certainly Star and I have talked about that, about it's
1: never the message. It's the messenger sometimes, you know, so about how you get across a message. You know what I'm referring to, in general about about beliefs, and, um, and you embody, yeah, yeah, and that's, yeah, you and embody that's it. nice, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 but not pushing your beliefs so hard that you can't hear anything else because that's yeah. a form of um,
2: well, and it's it's censorship, also, yeah, yes, <laughs> and, and yeah. it's the judgment yeah. part that's so difficult. I personally struggle with this because I always feel like well. I know the better way, and I do it especially with men, and I find it to be really, really destructive. And the older I get, I really try and sit in the, your behavior is information for me, and then I get to choose how I go forth with this person, as opposed to, don't behave this way, behave this way will be a better way to be.
1: Mm. We all think we're right. Yeah, that way. Yeah. Um, so, so, so I'm just going back to those courses, so um, there's a couple that you might, I'm sure you know, out of California, that's Badansky's, but mm-hmm. uh, anyway, they've written lots of books. And they were represented on Sex in the City as the older couple they go and have a class with the girls and orgasm. And there's the uh, books called Extended Massive Orgasms. So, I had a lot of that around about these one hour orgasms, and I watched them doing it. Talk okay, so that,
0: describe it in detail, please. Oh, my Don't, word. So tell everybody.
1: <laughs> the I've forgotten her first name, but Badansky, the, it's a couple, and she's quite a bit older than her husband. And so she was an older woman when I was watching her. She must have been in her 70s when I was observing her. And she lies on a table. Her husband sits next to her, and she's naked, and there's a video camera usually very close to her vagina, and all of us in the class standing around watching this thing as he rubs her. And he rubs her to orgasm. And then she orgasms through the, the, we were there, you know, at least an hour. So she orgasms through this while it's all explained and videotaped and the engorgement and the, and the orgasm and the peaks and troughs and such. So it's... um,
0: And then do you each turn take turns to well, orgasm her?
1: Uh, no, we didn't. Um, oh. They offered to do it to me, but my husband's only provis- proviso was that nobody touches me, that wasn't him Mm. so I didn't do it but they certainly you know have offered many times it's called just called rubbing Mm -hmm. and that's Mama Gina's big thing is Mm -hmm. people rub and there are classes I don't know about here but there are groups in London Mm -hmm. that meet once a week and the women anonymously or you can bring a partner lie down and the man rubs her Mm -hmm. for 15 minutes usually I think the sessions are and the and it's all about her pleasure uh-huh. I, he doesn't come into it at all uh-huh. it's only about the woman and sort of learning the vulva and learning the bits and pieces and uh-huh. i have a friend that does that every week he's a, uh-huh. a doctor and uh he's and he goes rubber. he's a rubber he's uh-huh. a doctor rubber and uh and uh, and
0: and what does she get out of it? her pleasure hmm, hmm. Yeah. kind of like a little voyeuristic thing maybe I
1: well, that's interesting mm. cuz that has a negative
0: connotation in a way to me mm. no I, I, don't don't okay, don't. I don't mean it i know it you do negatively i just uh, mean since he, he, he doesn't get know. to like uh, jerk off at the same yeah. time he must get some pleasure he's not doing it I guess so. selflessly
1: you know when my daughter was young we used to talk about blowjobs a lot I, mean, mm-hmm. I got into a whole rant about it uh mm-hmm. I, I have I'm some unhappiness about teenager girls and blowjobs. Yeah, because it's all centered on the boy's pleasure. I agree, and it, and it upsets me. Mm-hmm. These girls, oh, I'm, I'm a virgin, but so their pleasure never comes into it. So I started when my daughter was very young talking mm-hmm. about that. Unfortunately, I probably went too far, and maybe I put her off for a while. Um, I just—he's always going to come. The mm-hmm. man's always going to have yeah. pleasure, and yeah. yet most of most women don't. Yeah, I always did
0: the same thing, too. I mean, she was like, not even 12. uh, And I was like, you know, if you hear about the blowjobs, just tell everybody you don't give it unless you get it. You give it after you get it. They eat you out, you eat them out. We're on the same Same page. page. So (laughs) she's heard this like tens of thousands of
1: times. It's like second nature. Um, (laughs) I said it's all about your pleasure, honey. Don't worry about them. They're taken care of.
0: Yeah, what, you know you just both you you know you reciprocate yeah you well know, we, i was in the we, feminist we, stage it's all about her. <laughs> but you know because i know they're yeah. always going to take care of but those you else. know there is you know i don't know what they have in england but there is something in america i actually did attend a couple of meetings um um there are two different groups but basically one is the oh my god yes um and by now, it's kind of like a Ponzi scheme, I mean, in my opinion, because they charge like $5,000, you know, $8,000, and you, you know, take these seminars, and it's extremely clinical and extremely organized, mm. Um, they have these gorgeous girls, you know, in in outfits a little bit, you know, in, in my opinion, it's a little bit like, the, you know, handmaidens. Oh, wow. <laughs> but they, they don't think of it that way, but it feels like that. Um and they um, teach they give specific instruction as to how to uh stimulate the clitoris manually mm-hmm. um so they have they sell their own pillows they sell their own boosters they sell their own little um you know blankie. So you have to follow the exact Mm. protocol Mm. in order to kind of separate it from, let's say, free sex. Mm. And the idea is that this way the woman is not getting taken advantage of or, you know, you don't get like creeps in there or whatever because everybody has to pay. Um, But the way I experienced it, it's extremely clinical and I don't see why it costs so much. Mm. Like, I feel like it should just be a free service. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's business. Genus the same way <coughs> now and and then they are supposed to have um, groups so that once you graduate and I don't remember the exact stages but it's like stage one two three and then you're ready and then um, in at least the main two centers like New York LA um, they have places safe places where a woman can go and the man uh, will men. Any man will go and meet her and stimulate her. Um, I just find it too neat. I, I, you know, to me, it takes again sex into a direction that's not uh, uh, that's too proscribed and mm-hmm. too controlled and too limited. Um, because if the yeah, if the woman wants to get eaten out. She can't, it's against the rules. Mm. If the guy wants to, you know, gets a hard on and wants to tell her, do you wanna do something for me? Like, give me a hand job, mm. it's against the rules. Mm. Um, and they call it meditation, it's a, it's, om, it's an org- orgasmic meditation. I think this is the same group I'm referring right. to right. in London. So too. Yeah. Um, How would you do it? How would you, in
1: your ideal world, have a, a school for sex or intimacy?
0: Well, I would, in my ideal world, I would start very young. Mm, (laughs) (laughs) So in my ideal world, I would put this in the curriculum from, like, kindergarten. And, um, you know, Rye class, (laughs) Montessori, the whole thing. I would introduce it from the beginning when we learn the language skills and we learn the names of things, you know, when we learn what to do with our hands and motor skills, how to walk and how to put things in their boxes, Introduce sexuality too, so we can free it from this, like you know, two thousand years Mm. of of Mm. shame Mm. and and darkness. Mm. Um, I think that by the time we get to be our age, it's just so much more work because you have to unlearn, you have to disassemble, untrain, yeah, Yeah. Mm. as opposed to assembling with care it yeah. is it, 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 like that yeah exactly i mean it it would be so simple to mm. just you know allow children to touch each other mm. and you know without feeling that oh you know the 3 year old boy is going to uh i don't know objectify mm. <laughs> mm, mm. you know ab- assault the 3 year old girl right and and explain to them what works what doesn't work what consent is you know why the girl gets to consent in exchange for the fact that she gets to get pregnant, mm-hmm. very simple, basic you know, rules. Um and again in my ideal world, if we take this to its kind of like logical conclusion, um the children are not gonna be named by their fathers' names and mm-hmm. we're not gonna be named by our father's or husband's name. And the whole patriarchy system yeah. will crumble.
2: Removing the patriarchy. I think it's happening slowly now. I mean, my children who are 23 and 25, uh, my daughter especially, is like, I don't know if I ever need to get married. Mm. And if she got married, I don't think she'd ever take somebody else's name. So I think things are changing now.
0: Yeah. I never took anybody's name. I mean, I don't even use my father's name because I feel about it the same way I would feel about the husband's name. Yeah.
2: Use your mother's
0: last name? I don't use it, uh, my last name. I mean, I uh, part of the beauty for me is that it, I have a Greek name, so it's very recognizable in Greece, but I spell it in an unfamiliar way here. No one else in my family spells it this way, and I only use it in like banking and whatever. I don't use it in my work. Um, I don't That's sign great. my books or my art or any of my work with it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and because you know, growing up, my dad would always say, "You represent me. Whatever mm. you do, mm. you know, mm. speaks for me." Mm. <laughs> Maybe that's why you came abroad. Yeah, uh, yeah,
2: to, I left. So you I could create my
0: entire continent when yeah. I was fifteen. We went
2: around boys.
1: Yeah, I think going to England was very much that for me because my family was very well known <clears throat> in South Florida, and I love that. I'm very proud of what I come from, but. It was an extension of them, not exactly. me. And England was a chance just to do my own thing without worrying about, you know, creating a fuss, you know, about the family name and 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 yeah. So I think very much to people, kids that come away from their home have that opportunity to become more of themselves. Um, but the sex thing on interesting was under my maiden name, uh, and my husband did wasn't happy about. He really wanted his name. That took me. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a long time to 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 bend to that to to use it. Interesting. Um, yeah. And then it meant more to him than it did to me in the end. So, you know, it's all about compromise um in a marriage. Um and I had a very happy marriage, but these courses were a lot of lot of it. I'm a widow now. Oh and uh so. it, it yeah. Um it, it really sparked our lives. You know, it was an opportunity. And it wasn't him. I really take total responsibility for problems that we might have had uh, about communication because I wasn't taught the words. And then I always said the words were shameful. Um, and I realized that men, I really believe, want to give pleasure. They really want us to be happy, I think, for the most part. We just have to express how that, you know, how to do that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Basically, you know, I feel that we have to tell them. And
1: that's hard. First off, know what you want Mm -hmm. and then be able to say those things out loud without shame and then accept them or not, if they don't do them, accept that. You know, you've told them and they still don't do it. Um, But I I found once I said what worked for me, oh my God, it just opened up a whole new area. And I've known my husband since I was 20. I met him when I was very young. And he was, in the, by this stage, I was in my late 30s, probably almost 40 by the time I did these, these uh, classes. And it, would just, it was just a whole new area of our lives. We fell so much more in love. and um, oh, That's went, amazing. Yeah. That is so well, lovely. Well, you knew him. Yeah. He yeah. was super charming. Yeah, he was. Um, he was a dude.
2: So it really did change your sex life. Completely
1: changed things. Wow. I mean, it was a one eighty, um, because because of me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, he
0: was all he was always willing. I was just you know. Well, I learned, and this is interesting. Again, I've, I mean, I looking back, I learned how to say to describe sexual mm-hmm. things from all the you know subcultures, the the tiny sexual subcultures that I wrote pieces on, you know, for Spin Magazine, mm-hmm. so I would go to San Francisco and hang out with like lesbian women who liked cutting, that they would orgasm, you know, by cutting, or um, you know, S&M, different types of like S M and um, and dungeon uh, sexual lives or, you know, cross-dressers or whatever. It was an endless... <laughs> Um, but but they had words for everything, and we don't. The heteronormative vast majority, we don't have any words. You yeah. know, we, we assume that the guy will come, like fully knowledgeable and equipped because he's got the penis. Because he got the penis, right. yeah, right. And yeah. by by yeah. virtue of this penis, and he's done it a few times, yeah, yeah. right. Okay. And he knows how to please us, and th- we just have to lie there, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and be willing. Um, so, but like even the gay culture. But especially these, you know, m- smaller uh, sexual subcultures. You know, the f- the further you go from the dominant sexual heteronormative, you know, he- heteronormative culture, the more words they have for everything. It's like hmm.
2: Such a brilliant observation. I absolutely never thought of it that way, but I can see it hundred percent. Wow, hundred percent.
0: Exactly, and they negotiate because again, there's so few of them. So it's not like, you know, they have to find someone and then they sit down and they negotiate. They say, you know, this is my hard limit, this is my soft limit, this is what I like more, you know, and they call it a scene and they describe what they're going to do before they do it.
1: Which is such a turn on thing like, it. I know,
0: right? Yeah, that you is turn uh, off, right?
1: On, no, on. On. I think okay. it's I on, It's on. Oh no, it's a total turn on. The first time I, I kissed a, a woman in front of—I I kissed. I, the, it was she was an Israeli soldier, former Israeli soldier, Ooh. and uh, <laughs> she was hot. <laughs> I know. And I, you know, even though I'd gone to girls' schools, I'd never had a scene with a girl. And so for this course that I but was we taking, we had classmates that did. Yeah, we had we yeah, had certainly playing. gay classmates that, although they may not have been out at the time, right. um, it, it was a men's corset. I was a courtesan, and there were thirty guys taking a day's course about how to pleasure women. And, um, and I was a courtesan in this course, so I walked around in my skimpy little balcon bra and a G-string and a long gown all day serving these guys. And uh, in the afternoon, I was asked to kiss this woman, to show men how to kiss, just just the beginning of the kiss, not the kiss itself, just like how to how to, if you put your hand down just like this, instead of going like this, you just... Just going up to it, you know. And uh, I never kissed a woman. Anyway, this woman, before we had our kiss, she said, we're going to do this negotiation, I guess, and we're going to talk about it before I kiss you. (gasps) That rocked my world, you know. I just, I mean, it was an incredible experience for just talking me through what was going to happen me on this stage And it was much more exciting than the actual kiss the talking about it exactly um yeah and boy you could have heard a pin drop when we did it we we're up on a little stage <laughs> in our underpants doing this thing just trying to and we actually never really had much of a kiss but it was the whole pulling in pulling out eye contact you know like the negotiation a dance
0: mm-hmm. the mating dance
2: don't you both find that a kiss is so absolutely, so personal? I mean, I find being kissed and being turned on by a kiss mm. so powerful, oh. even more than intercourse. You know? Agreed, yeah. It's just, yeah.
0: It's more intimate. <laughs>
2: it's so much more intimate. Well, it's
1: so interesting that prostitutes, you know, have sex without kissing. You know, That's, right. that's right. interesting. Um, yeah, and how you can be so turned off as well. Oh. So that's what this, this afternoon there. was about, was, yeah. you know, not what's right or wrong, but, but, you know, how to read it, your partner, you know, how to be slow and, you know, that. So, yeah. Um, and these guys were so grateful. So the, one of the things this woman talked about was having a, a course for teenagers, but it was a licensing issue for her. Um, she We wanted to. Start classes for 16-year-olds, so you know, could start somewhere. But she just – and I would have done anything to get my son on that course. Yeah. My my boy, you know, Uh because why should they know? We don't even know what we look like for the most part. Why would a boy know what's inside the package inside
0: Nobody it? knows nobody yeah. knows anything. Ah. And now the boys are at even greater disadvantage than before because ah. they still know nothing and they have except porn. they can always be accused of rape and they're not sure how to tell when when is what and um, you yeah. know they, 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 get, they are all defensive.
1: Yeah, oh. so I have a friend that's a producer um, in L.A., and she said the thing you do not want to be right now is a straight white man in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're terrified. They're terrified of going out. And I'm not saying it's anyone's fault, but I think, yeah, the, the we're, we're all so unsure.
0: Well, you know, know, they are all sexist pigs by definition. <laughs> but, no, I mean, they are. But we have enabled Talent, that.
2: sister. Tell it.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we are enabling that, and we are giving it permission mm. so we can't go both ways mm. that's just my feeling if you sleep with someone and it's it feels to you like date rape and you really don't want to do it but it's easier than like s- screaming and yelling and calling the cops and you just close your eyes and get through it and you hated it you know or if you sleep with someone because you want a job and you really hated it, but you're like, whatever, I'll live through it. If you do that, you can't then five years or mm. 10 years or 15 years later mm. change your mind mm. and sue. What? You can speak up the truth, but you can't actually expect, you know, retribution because you already made the choice. Yeah, And the same thing with like the rest of the vast experience of monetizing sex. If you're going to turn sex into provider sex, if you need to get wined and dined and someone pay for your movie before you sleep with them, right? Then, of course, you're turning them into a sexist pig. Like, if you want somebody to buy you shoes and purses because you're, you know, giving them sex, then you're participating in this system. Yeah, like we can't get, we can't have both. Mm. Either we become equal sexual partners. And, you know, again, by example, we show men how we want respect and we respect them back. And this is just about the sexual pleasure and nothing else. Or, you know, we enable them to be, you know, sexist Mm. in their treatment of us. Mm. And then, you know, keep quiet about it. Mm.
2: Well, I don't know. I think, um, and I'm going to kind of fall back on um, my very strongly feminist daughter that Shannon knows well. I think there is a period of time before women understand um, really what they can and cannot do. They may be young and not have the experience or the words or the personal strength to stand up. So I don't think it's always so black and white. I think in some cases women do feel completely intimidated and they're just not strong enough. I, I, I can't in that instance kind of blame the woman. I mean, I think for any of us, I think we're all pretty well educated on this subject, and yeah. I mean, if I did, then I'm, I'm not sure what you what's
0: what are we, like, Give me an example of what you're saying, blaming.
2: Well, um, okay. So there's this young woman I know who, in high school, felt pressured to have uh, sex and not intercourse, but kind of early-ish sex with a boy, and he pressured her. And she felt really bad and icky about it, but she didn't have the way to stop it just because of her own insecurity. And just recently, this boy approached her, young man, and said, I hear you've been saying some things about me. And she had discussed this with other friends of hers who knew this young man. And she was really afraid to have kind of the confrontive conversation because at the time, she really did feel like she didn't have a choice. They ended up having a beautiful conversation about it, and he said, you were right. I did pressure you, and I knew it was wrong at the time. So, you know, I think that's maybe one example. Of course, she was young, so it's, you know, but I, th- I can see it happening with um, women not so strong, not so educated. You know, we, we live in no, a culture where so many No, I think it happens so to, many to all lines. of us. All yeah. of us. And,
0: and I believe that it's good to talk about yeah. it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Even 5, yeah. 10, 20, 30 years later. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that um, the issue with Hollywood yeah. is... Um, Suing and money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, and which again, if if it's within the stretch of the legal limits, it's great. Because right. the more publicity, the more you know, we talk about it, the more all of us Mm. are informed Mm. about what is okay and what's not okay. And we kind of respect our bodies more. Mm. And we, I think like unite with our bodies more.
1: Were you not very careful with your daughter when she was growing up about situations you put her into? I know I was. Not wanting to. So, my son had impetigo, and I was in America, and I took him to a pediatrician. And the moment I walked into that pediatrician's office, it's like I'd hit a brick wall. All this, I'd had a bad experience when I was 13 in that pediatrician's office, and I totally blocked it. And it came, and I blocked it not only for myself, but I certainly hadn't told my parents that this guy had molested me, that this pediatrician molested wow. me. The
2: very same.
1: Yeah. Wow. So wow. I, it was just uh, so you know, I, I, that, you know, as a result, I, I, I was very aware of my daughter being in positions, or certainly talking to her a lot about speaking up, or, you know, telling me anything whenever she was uncomfortable. So it is important for us to.
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Yeah, I never left her alone with a no. pediatrician.
1: No. Well, my our parents, didn't, you know, I was getting my ears pierced. You know, my parents didn't think anything. Mm-hmm. And my mom, when she was just uh, before she passed away, I talked to her about a lot of things to do with the um, religious, some religious people, and things that she came out with of her own experience that none of us had ever talked about. Very similar experiences with the religious. And it's such a shame, you know, things we should have told our mothers or our mothers should have told us. And now, we're, hopefully, we do, you know. Ex- yeah. 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 Talk about that and not make it so shameful. Not right. our fault or, you know, because most of these people are intimidating us, aren't they? Because they're in power. a powerful it's position. It's a power position.
2: Yeah. Well, I wish I'd done a better job with oh. my daughter. Oh. I do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's the truth.
1: an incredible girl. Yeah. And we draw a line under that? Because yeah. I mean, it's just amazing, woman. Yeah. I think all of us, are, you know, having raised incredible, incredible, because they're on our shoulders. Our children—they're definitely standing on our shoulders, and we on our mothers. Um, oh, that's so lovely.
2: Yeah, really it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm.
1: Anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully, if we make it more conscious, you know, I think that's the ultimate mm. goal, to make sex more conscious mm. and less, um, you know, like unaware, much more aware and conscious. And then we can change, you know, we can change everything. That's your message. I can really hear that. Yeah, About yeah I love that.
1: Consciousness, education. Um, well, so interesting, just part of the conversation. You yeah, know, not yeah. nudge, nudge, giggle, giggle,
0: right? Um, yeah, mm. and also kind of, you know, unite with ourselves because I, I think that even for me, there was a moment when I realized, yes, I was a feminist, and I was, a, I identified as a post-feminist. Mm. You know, whatever. I mean, I had these ideas about, you know, my my own agency and freedom and power over men, and I was always at top. Um, but um, what do you mean by that? I mean, I was the, I, I like, I, I like to be the, ma- the the one in charge. Right. In sex. Right. Um, dominant? So, yes. Right. I was always the dominant one. Um, and was willing to do anything so long as it was dominating. <laughs> wow. So I, th- you know, so I thought, oh, I'm like a liberated woman. And it took me so many years until recently to realize that in a way... I continued this dichotomy because I was not connected with my body. It's it's almost like I was pimping my own body for mm. my own pleasure, right? So like I would have sex and then like look in the mirror at my body mm. and that would turn me on mm. or um, so I wasn't me. Like <laughs> I wasn't me. Yeah. You were a yeah, character. I wasn't integrated. Right. Yeah. I was still a character. Yeah.
1: yeah. Character in your own—it's not interesting. because if I'm honest, I—I am lo- I, the reverse. I, I and maybe that's in life too. I love being led. I mean, I want to say, but I love being <laughs> taken care of. Star Wolf tell you that I yeah. love being taken care of. Um, yeah, no, I love—I love the dominant. I like, but yeah. it's
2: disassociative again. Back to the word you used to describe your right. mother—this yeah. yeah. detachment. In fact, I find the best sex is when I'm able to integrate myself and most of the time I see myself having sex I watch myself having Mm. sex I feel myself having sex but I'm not always like immersed and the times that I am it's unbelievable Mm. but it's not often
1: Mm.
0: that you're out of your head not
2: often enough that I'm out of my head it's out of your head yeah that's being out out of of your head, head not being an observer
0: Right, exactly. Even
2: though you're participating, it's more like, you know what I mean? Well, it's what you said. Yeah, being
0: there with your full essence, but not from outside looking in. Mm. Yeah. Like it's all a film. Yeah.
2: How do we do that? Yeah. Got to work on that. That's what
0: we're, yeah. That's what we want to do. Well, I think it's
2: what this conversation's about. Yeah. It's the consciousness that you just talked about. Yeah. It's getting together
1: as women. We were talking about this the other day, forming the vagina club, the pussy posse, (laughs) the the clitorati the yeah. you
0: know <laughs> the clitorati what, that's what we are that's the word the clitorati the clitorati society yeah. t-shirts ladies
1: lucky sperm club <laughs> we're all part of that that's what we really want like. more joy I'm all about having fun right now ladies I am yeah. so oh, into
0: yeah me too yeah. yeah we talked about that earlier
1: before uh, you all got here I just you know just I'm let's have fun kind of out there with that and and uh, I know I'm drawing that because you draw you know whatever you, you're putting out and you know, drawing that uh, become friends with many stars friends now that are great fun just want to drop the old anyway. You know, we are we are uh, the pussy posse and I had (laughs) a little pussy posse in London. So I went through this progression. I had a meditation group and we met for a few years and that was great. And then doing all this I formed a pussy posse and we'd meet every week and just talk about our pussies. And then now I've got something called the Spooners. And it's, my mom started it. It's the long-handled spoon society. You get to the bottom of the stew where all the good stuff is, and you stir it up. So the spooners meet regularly, and we travel together, we talk. We don't do anything of, you know, charity or merit. We just, you know about being a loving supportive yeah we feed ourselves the good juicy stuff and our daughter's the teaspoons (laughs) (laughs) we're the big mama spoons and they're the teaspoons and and they've you know so that's you know i'm all about forming a group of supportive loving open honest women um i'd love to include men but that's you
2: know not where i am right now for
1: so much if they want to listen great Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Fab. yeah. I don't I'm not ashamed. Yeah. Well,
2: that's what this hour is about. Are you listening, man? Hello, man. <laughs> <laughs> talking to you.
0: Hello, Shannon. <laughs> well, and the main thing that I wanna tell everyone is that it gets better. Mm. It gets better the more you talk about it, the it more does. you do it, the more you free yourself. Yeah. And you know, make allow yourself to say yes, it gets better. <gasps> I just said that. My mother used to say to me,
1: don't say no. You form a lot of wrinkles in your face. Say yes. Yes. And so I tried. Uh, yes. Yes. Mm, yes. So I had that conversation with a
0: few people recently. Just say yes.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's a good place to uh, come to conclusion, Thank so, you. the God, say yes fun. episode, the say yes of the clitorati <laughs> club, form your
1: own, ladies,
2: get in line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank
0: you, everyone, for listening. This was another episode of Speak Sex. I'm if you we'll see you next Friday.
1: That was fun.